Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And let's find out the latest as we head out to the waitfor.com hotline. Welcome in our buddy Joe Patrick. Joe, before we get into the Falcons, I have a question for you because I know you're a big Ohio State guy. I was listening Mm -hmm. to the college football game time show before I came on while I was getting ready, and they were talking about if Ryan Day could be on the hot seat after this season and the way the bowl game went. Do you think that's possible? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I think that he's – I mean, do I think ultimately that he will lose his job? No, but I definitely know that Ohio State fans are not happy at all (laughs) with his his performance as as the head coach. And I know that for some that might seem like, um, you know, a little bit greedy or whatnot because Ohio State has generally been quite good. But – with, at Ohio State, first of all, you got to beat Michigan, which he has not been able to do at all on a regular basis. And you've got to be able to obviously make the playoff and win games. And that has also you know, not been something that he's been able to do regularly. And that, part of that goes to not beating Michigan. And there's, honestly, Chris, beyond the results, this is getting in the weeds of Ohio State, there's a lot of issues, like be kind of behind the scenes on the coaching staff, um, the kind of, you know, unwillingness to relinquish play calling duties and things like that, that a lot of fans uh, have gripes about it actually news just broke that he's actually going to hire an offensive coordinator uh, now who may get the chance to call plays for Ohio state. So there's a lot of issues going on with that program, even though things might seem like, Oh, well, they're still a powerhouse program, which they are. Um, there's a lot of kind of discontent among uh, us, Ohio state Buckeye fans. All right. We will all certainly keep our eye on that. All right. To the, To the matter at hand, Joe, frankly, simply put, how much does a win or a loss of this game impact the decision for Arthur Blank to decide to bring back or let go of Coach Smith? You know, it's it's so interesting because I think that there are valid arguments, and I would would agree that a lot of the decision-making, a lot of the thought that you've put into – whether you want to continue with Arthur Smith or not has happened before this game takes place, before you see what transpires. But I do also at the same time think that um, not just the result of whether they end up winning or losing the game, but it's how they play, you know? And I thought that that's something that was maybe underplayed a little bit about the Colts game was not just the fact that they won and they won by a big margin in that game, but it was also just the way that it manifested in being able to showcase all these different pieces that you have, or most of the different pieces you have. It's kind of ironic that Drake London was kind of the one who didn't really show out in that game, despite the fact that he's been of all these kind of top draft picks that they've taken on offense on the offensive side of the ball. He's been the one who's really been the most consistent over the last couple of years. But, you know, I think that it was the way that they won that game that was really important for Arthur Smith to show. And I think that that's going to be have to be the case again in, in this game against the Saints. I think they're going to have to show, you know, that running game that can work to help set up the passing game and then to distribute the ball around to these guys. And uh, we'll see if that happens. There are so many question marks about this game that are that we just don't know at this point, uh, including who's going to be playing quarterback, which I think is an interesting question that, um, you know, is going to obviously have a lot of ramifications on how things do end up playing out. 
So one thing that is sort of just been extricably linked is Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot sort of as a package deal. I don't necessarily see that being the case. What do you feel based on what you've seen and heard that if they do let go of Arthur Smith, that Terry Fontenot's job could be in jeopardy as well? Yeah, I don't see that being the case at all, honestly. And, and I'm with you, Chris. Like, and, and I think you can go so far as to say, like, you know, it would be one thing if Terry Fontenot hired Arthur Smith. And, you know, as far as, like, holding people accountable, Arthur Smith's being held accountable for the performance of the team. Um, you would, you know, hold the GM accountable for hiring the coach. But this GM didn't hire this coach. So I don't really see these guys as being tied at all outside of the fact that, you know, I think that they work together like each other, have a similar kind of, idea the same idea of how they want to kind of build up this team and a lot of the decision making that has been done has been done together as a team and Chris I think that that's something that's driving me nuts lately about the conversations that are happening about the Falcons team and a lot of this is kind of like the 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 scapegoating aspect of or mob mentality or whatever you want to call it about like where the problems lie with the Falcons team I see this conversation happening where it's like Terry Fontenot acquired all the good players in the Falcons and anything that didn't go to plan, like the quarterback or, you know, Bijan's usage or, you know, whatever you want to say, that's all on Arthur Smith. <laughs> and, 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 the, the, and that's not to absolve either of these parties of, you know, criticisms. Cause I think they're, they're definitely there to be had, but all these things take place as a team. And when you talk about the success, the defense is having, that is, Part, a lot of it is down to the hiring of Ryan Nielsen. A lot of the hiring, hiring of Ryan Nielsen was down to both Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot. Terry Fontenot obviously having known him from his time in New Orleans and Arthur Smith ultimately making the hire as the guy who's going to be working for him. So, you know, it's just one of those things where we all want to boil the problems with this, with this team down to, you know, the, the minimal amount of changes possible because that makes you think that you can get the quickest solution where, okay, if we just replace the coach um, and we get a good one, boom, then we're, then we're solid. Now that is probably the case, but um, you know, it's just not as simple as just saying it's just down to this guy. It's just down to that guy. There's going to be lots of holes that this team has to fill. And while you may want to prioritize quarterback because you have a rich draft class and things like that, that's not to say that there aren't going to be holes on, you know, all over the team that you've got to fill. You've got a safety spot. You're going to have to fill with Richie Grant, most likely not being the starter coming back next year. Who knows what's going to happen with guys like Calais Campbell and Bud Dupree. So there's, and that's even on the strong side of the ball. So there's still, there's always going to be areas where this team has to optimize and maybe you're going to prioritize some, um, but it's just one of those things where you can't just boil down all this team's problems to, you know, Arthur Smith or Terry Fontenot or, or, or Arthur Blank or Rich McKay or whoever it might be. Talking all things Falcons and Saints with our buddy Joe Patrick here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Joe, something you tweeted and something that I've highlighted as well is one sort of item in the pro column for Arthur Smith has been the culture and the attitude and the sort of buy-in at Flowery Branch to his program. And I've seen it firsthand going up there every week with Dukes and Bell. You know, how important do you feel that that is in sort of the way that this team could potentially be restructured is, you know, there's a chance that if you bring in a new coach, that goes away. And I think that that aspect of the team, despite the lack of results on the field, is still really important. 
Yeah, I agree. And I think that that plays into, I think that also plays into the decision as to, as to what you ultimately do with Arthur Smith as you know, retaining him or, or letting him go and, and choosing somebody else and how that might affect the players that you have. Now, obviously you're not going to be driven just by player sentiment, just like you shouldn't be driven just by fan sentiment or anything. All you have to take all the you know, parties into account, but yeah, I mean, if, if Arthur Smith was to go, the vast majority of that locker room, I think, would be really saddened by the fact. And uh, yeah, yesterday, like the, all week, really, it's been as kind of lively in that locker room after practices that than I've seen all year. Now they've also been practicing inside all week, so I've kind of joked with some people, it's like, yeah, that's what you get when uh, when you're practicing inside and have, instead of having to go out in the cold and practice. And of course, they're doing that because they're going to be playing in a dome. Uh, this week, so they just want to kind of you know get the best practice and the elements they'll be facing as possible. But yeah, I mean, even Arthur Smith, kind of after yesterday's practice, he, he was walking through, which is not it's kind of rare for for him to appear in the locker room after practice. But you know, just because of the way that they have to walk through the facility, sometimes he'll just take it and he'll just go through the locker room. And even he, uh, you know, took a couple shots on the on the basketball hoop there in the locker room. Uh, uh, yeah, and uh, you know, chatted with some of the players and stuff like that. So. Um, you know, they all have great affinity for him. I, I feel like fans, fans sometimes like to kind of create a narrative that he is kind of holding the players back and they all kind of dislike him for that reason. But that's really not the case. Now, I'm not trying to say that every player loves Arthur Smith. You know, I'm sure there's always going to be players in every locker room who have some, you know, grievances with, with the coach. But um, yeah, I think overall, that's the one feather in his cap that I think he has. I think that that was something that Maybe against the Bears, you could say that they were kind of, you know, I don't want to say they quit because these are pros. I don't want to kind of undersell the kind of effort that they give out there. But obviously that game got out of hand for the Falcons at the end of it. Um, it'll be interesting to see if that happens in this final game because I think that, again, that will be one of these indicators along with, you know, how they play, how well the, the tactics kind of work out for them on the field. Do they kind of maintain that super competitive spirit throughout the game? I think it's going to be a big, uh, big thing to watch for in this game. Yeah, that's where I was going to lead to next is what can we actually expect on the field on Sunday? The Falcons obviously have everything to play for, but at this point, due to uh, injuries and sort of where the team is right now, just in, in, in like, I guess you said morale is high, but I mean, I guess it's sort of inevitable, Joe, that at this point going through some of these games, especially the way last week went, like, do you, do you basically expect that this game is going to be hard fought you know, drag him out, fist the cuff, sort of an affair. I, I just have a hard time picturing it that way. I, just based on the way that last week went and the way that the season's gone, I want them to close it out strong and get the win. I, I'm just having a hard time selling myself on that. So I think that it could and it should be an intense competitive game with like both teams kind of being fiery all the way through. But in in my experience, just observing this team. The thing that gets the Falcons kind of, you know, out of that kind of out of that mode is when the quarterback starts turning the ball over. <laughs> I think that that really deflates the team, and I think that that is what you. That's what I saw in that Bears game was a team that was watching Taylor Heineke just throw some really ridiculous interceptions, like almost like he was being careless, like more careless about the game than maybe some of the other players on the team, you know, felt. And it leaves the frustration and an inevitable kind of just lack of having that, that really like do or die attitude out there. So I think that if the team 
if, if the game is close and the team is not turning the ball over in key situations and continuing to put the defense out on the field consistently, then I think that we will see that kind of competitive game. And part of it is because it's a rivalry game. You know, these, these two teams, there really is some kind of bad blood with these two sides, the Falcons and Saints. And I think that that should keep, that should keep the competitive spirit high throughout the game. Um, given that we don't see anything ridiculous happen, which could always happen. You know, Chris, it's so funny. In the last week of the regular season, the NFL is maybe the most random week and what is already quite a random league given the parity that we have. So you never know what you're going to see. Yeah, absolutely. I I do agree with that. I I just feel like basically at this point, I've been uh, let down so much this season that we got to get up one more time, Joe. We got to get up one more time. All right, before I let you go as we wrap up with Joe Patrick here, um, you know, amount of money that matters to you, you have to lay down who's starting at quarterback. I'm sorry, can you repeat that? Yeah, if you had to bet an amount of money that mattered to you, who's starting at quarterback? Oh, who's starting? So I honestly think it's going to be Desmond Ritter. That, that's just that's just the that's just the way I lead. I wouldn't bet much money on it at all because this is me just kind of speculating here. But uh, man, I, I have I, I keep on thinking that just the like Taylor Heineke's arm looked quite noodleish in that in that Bears game. It didn't look like he could throw it more than thirty yards down the field, and maybe the conditions had something to play there, and maybe his injury did as well. But Man, I wonder if Arthur Smith saw that and was like, oh, can this actually function either? I mean, I know Desmond Ritter has his flaws, but I don't know, man. I, honestly, there aren't any <laughs> – there, like, isn't a good decision that I think Arthur Smith's going to feel totally comfortable with either way. And that's not where you want to be when your job is on the line. You know, you, that's something that factors into his decision, I'm sure, is who does he think is going to allow him to have the best chance to keep coaching this team, you know? In the most dramatic uh, sense of irony, Joe – that would probably lead to Bijan finally getting like 27 carries in a game. So maybe, <laughs> maybe the maybe the fans would be happy with that after all if Ritter <laughs> yeah. throws for 12 times during the game and the Falcons <laughs> right. run it 57 times, which, you know, hey, right. stranger things have happened. All right, Joe, one more week of the regular season and then we'll one see more. what happens. Maybe they squeak into the playoffs and we're talking about some playoff football next week or <laughs> – We're talking about Black Monday and what goes down. As always, my friend, appreciate it through the entire season, and we'll uh, keep this thing going through the offseason as well. Enjoy the rest of the weekend, Joe. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on, Chris. Always appreciate it.